So thank you for having me, first of all. Is that all right? You can hear me? Okay, cool. Uh, two ex two uh, things, firstly. Number one, sorry about my voice. I was trying to keep it, but I was at the Port Power Geelong game <laughs> last, last night, and uh, we did an amazing thing. We won. Uh, yeah. Uh, and number two, Montez said, Sam, is 10 to 15 minutes all right, mate? I said, Montez, 10 to 15 minutes is just my introduction. So... <laughs> I'm going to try to give you the microwaved instant oats version of what the Lord has done in my life. So if that's cool, is that all right? All right, great. Uh, <clears throat> so first of all, like Montez said, um, my name is Sam. We, we come from a background, my brother and I, of two Lebanese migrant parents. They met in Sydney. They got married. The crazy thing about that, they got married in the 70s. My father was a Muslim. My mother was a Christian. So from the very beginning, it was quite different. So back then, that didn't really happen. Uh, so we, we started off like that. And the thing I say to most people is we had the best of both worlds. So my brother and I, we, we would have Easter. We would have Christmas. Then we would have Ramadan. So we, we literally grew up like that. And, and probably to our um, uh, late teens, because we didn't really got a lot of God in our house. So we, we sought it from other places. And I think becoming a Muslim was more that my Muslim family was more Muslim than my Christian family was Christian. Does that make sense? Yeah, so we, we seek to belong. And that seemed more where we decided to go. Um, I tell a lot of people I was a, a practicing Muslim because I was never very good at it. <laughs> I was always practicing. Okay? Um, but we sort of became Muslims in our late teens, and this was something we held with pride, like, yeah, I'm a Muslim, I'm a Muslim. But now looking back, I labeled it the no pork Muslim. And what that meant was in our late teens and early 20s, we claimed to be Muslim, but we would go out and we would start drinking and we would smoke cigarettes, but no pork. <laughs> right? So we were Muslim as long as we didn't eat pork. And the crazy thing was, if you ate pork or bacon you would just get shunned while you had a cigarette and a beer in your hand. It was crazy, but that's how it was. So I call it the no pork Muslim. So um, <clears throat> the Lord did some crazy things in my life, if I look back. Um, so just going back a little bit, my mum's mum, I was raised in a uh, busy restaurant in Sydney um, from birth till about six months old. And my parents had a busy restaurant and I was in my first, I call it my first jail cell because I was in a few more after that. But my first cell was in the back of a restaurant in a little playpen. So my parents would be running the shop and then I'd be just, I don't know what I was doing, just laying on my back playing with toys, I guess. And my grandma, who was a Christian in, in Adelaide and grandfather, said that wasn't a good thing for a young child. So they grabbed me from Sydney and brought me to Adelaide and raised me in Adelaide. Now, I learned this many years later, but sh my grandma used to take me to church sneakily <laughs> every Sunday as a six-month-old, and they raised me for about eight months. So as a child, that, that seems like a fantastic thing to do, like a grandmother to do that. But as a six-month-old baby, I had uh, detachment issues because I felt, um, what is the word, abandoned from my parents from a young age. So I didn't know this till later on when I started doing some self-development and some work with psychologists. Because from there, probably in my early teens, I started using like marijuana. 
And I was a very good student, so I loved school and my dad pushed education, but I hanging out with the wrong crowd. And this is why environment is so important. And I was just talking to, to Charles. I don't know if you all know Charles over there. So Charles was the groundskeeper. Is that what you were, Charles? The maintenance man at my high school. And I know. The other Lord does. And I've seen Charles in like two different churches. I'm like, hey, mate. And I saw him again today. I said, mate, you get around, Charles, don't you? <clears throat> okay. Um, so going through high school, sitting with the wrong crowd and doing that, then we came to Islam and then we tried to, through our strength, tried to not do that. And that lasted for probably six months at a time, especially during Ramadan. So it would come to Ramadan and you would stop alcohol, you would stop marijuana and you would fast and pray for that month. And then when Ramadan will finish, you get go back to it. Yeah, I know. Crazy, right? And so many times through this, I tried to stop, tried to stop. And then um, probably in my mid-20s, uh, early 20s, I met a girl. She was a Baptist girl, born and bred. And uh, we got together. And she used to hang out with about 20 Lebanese guys that were all no-pork Muslims in hotel rooms all night. And we would, well, I wouldn't necessarily, but the people around me would really give her grief about Jesus. Oh, how can he be the father and the son and rah, rah, rah. And she would just hold her ground. It was amazing. Looking back, she would just hold her ground. Just say, that's okay. Jesus loves you anyway. Like she just wouldn't even budge. It was crazy to me. 20, you know, alcohol, Islamic-fueled males are telling you that what you believe is wrong. And she just had this conviction. And I used to always think about that. And one day she said to me, Sam, you know you're not really a Muslim. And I was like, what? She's like, I see you more like a Christian youth leader. Yeah. Now, funny that she said that back in 2004. And in 2019, every Friday night, what do you think I do? Yeah. Yeah. So that was the first sort of um, speaking into my life. Through that... Um, so it, we, I used to do drugs socially, let's say. So marijuana, I would smoke all the time, like almost every day. Um, but I was very operational, very functional. So I had great jobs and I did really well at university. I finished a degree, but I would go on the weekend and I would party. And then I would come back, God, Allah, please, I'm so sorry, rah, rah. And that happened for years, for years. And I kept trying through my strength to try and overcome this and going to Allah, Allah, please. And I had people around me speaking into my life and trying to help me. And then it got really bad, um, and I'm not sure how much to share, but I'll just drop a little bit. Uh, a drug that you hear now a lot is called ice or methamphetamine, uh, and that, that caught into our social circle, and that used to start as a social thing. So on the weekends, we'd catch up Friday night, and we'd sit around, and we'd pass it around. So it smoked through a pipe, and you would pass that around, and then it got to um, during the week, and then you'd have it during the week, and then it got to during work or to go to work. Yeah, and so it started getting a grip on me really quickly. And my wife, there's two miracles in this. One, that Jesus saves my life. And two, that my partner stood by me through this whole thing because of the love of Jesus. If she didn't have the love of Jesus in her life, she would have left like I've seen many of my mates, Mrs. leave for less than what I did. And my first child came. I thought, yep, that's cool. I'll get over this. This, I'll, this will help me stop. And it didn't. 
My second child came. I thought, yep, this will help me stop, and it didn't. And, and it actually got worse. And it got really bad to a point where I wasn't working, and that's all I was sort of doing and getting by, living. And it just wasn't great. And then, um, and then I started doing some development on myself, some personal development, and working with psychologists. And they told me about the abandonment issues, and I kept trying. And I kept trying. And one day my wife sat there, and she thought, why have I been going to man to help Sam this whole time? I have never brought it to the Lord. And that day she prayed and she said, Lord, you got to help me. Like, <laughs> And um, that day he, she gave, uh, he gave her a sign. He gave her a guy in, in Sydney who was an ex-gangster turned pastor. Because she thought, who am I going to take Sam to? You know, and, and no offense, but a lot of older Christians who aren't going to connect with me, you know, from the past that I've had. And um, she found this ex-gangster turned pastor in Sydney called Tony Hong. And she contacted him and he was running a program called Chasing the Dragon, which was basically about helping people get off this drug, this drug in particular. Okay. She rang him up. She said, this is my husband. This is what he's doing. He said, send him over. I got home from work that day. And uh, by the way, I had a fantastic job, right? It was an amazing job that I loved and I was still doing it. It's still creeping into my life and I was still trying to pray and, and just wasn't working. And uh, she said, you're going to Sydney to meet with this pastor. And I was like, what? Why? She goes, you have to. Otherwise, you know, it's over basically. Like we've tried all these things and it's not working. So I went, okay. And I went to Sydney and I stayed with my cousin who was a Muslim who has been speaking to my life for a long time. And he said, why are you going to a Christian pastor for, mate? And I was like, nah, bro, it's just going to help me. Like, I had no, nothing in my mind said I was going to come to Jesus. You got to understand that. I just thought I was going there to help myself get off the, off the drug. And then it was going to strengthen my faith in Allah. That was it. But he thought in his heart that I was going to become a Christian. And he actually rang my wife and said, what, what are you sending him to a, a Christian pastor for? I've been working on him a long time. Like, and he had. He had been speaking to my life a long time, okay? And I really tried. I really tried connecting to Allah. I really, every time my cousin would come down, we would pray five times a day, and I'd really get back into the... But it, it, the difference that I find now is through my strength. It's through my works. And we know that that's not how it works, right? And uh, <coughs> so I went there, sat in a church like this, and because I was invited... Now, this is the first time I'd been in a church, mind you. Because I was invited, I met with him like a Montez high. I came and sat right there, as I did before. Now, you know any church, which is the empty row? <laughs> it doesn't matter which church you go to. That row, except I see Stephanie sitting there. Most times, I don't. It's empty. So I sat there by myself, sort of like, oh, okay, yep, cool. And they spoke, and they prayed, and they were talking about drugs in the community. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then they close your eyes and pray. So I was like, oh, okay. So I closed my eyes. And then he said this. He said, whoever wants to be helped here, raise their hand. Now, I didn't know what that meant at the time. <laughs> now looking back, I'm like, oh. But at the time I thought, oh, that, that must be for me. Okay, yep, raise my hand. And someone came and tapped me on the shoulder and said, come up to the front, sir. And I said, what for? He said, he said, we want to help you. I said, can't you help me right here? <laughs> he said, please come to the front. 
So I came to the front, I stood there, and there was me, and there was this big Islander boy, and there was two young ladies, and I could tell just by looking at them that they were all struggling with the same drug I was, except I just presented it better. See, you couldn't tell that I was on that drug, but you could tell these three were. Like it just, my presentation just, you know, covered that up, the masks we call it, right? And so they started praying as something I've never heard before, it was called tongues, and it was this now that I know, it was the spirit that came over me, but I felt like I was around a campfire with some Navajo Indians. That's how I explain it in my mind. Like it was like, hey, it was just real. Even when I talk about it now, I get goosebumps over my whole body. And I was like, wow, this overwhelming. And this pastor put his hand on my shoulder and he said, Sam, Jesus forgives you. And I just, just started crying uncontrollably. Now, I'm a crier. I don't mind crying. I actually quite enjoy crying, but I've n- I do. But I've never experienced anything like that in my life. It just kept coming, and I was just trying to man up, like, <laughs> and it just kept coming. And then he went to the next guy. He did the same thing. And this big guy, like, I'm talking like, he was a monster, mate, like that. He started crying too. And I just did what came naturally. And I looked at him, and I hugged him. And we cried together at the front. So we went back to our seats after that. I sat down and I looked around and everyone was going, yes. And they were putting hands to me and I was like, yeah, trying to avoid it because I didn't realize that they just loved it so much. And when I finished, they came up to me, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And I was like, yeah, yeah, hey, I'm a Muslim. (laughs) And they're like, oh, that's okay. The Lord works in mysterious ways. And one person, one lady said, the Holy Spirit's coming for you. I was like, I didn't know whether to be scared or what. I was like, okay. <laughs> me and this pastor went to have lunch. He said, come with me. He had me as a guest for the day, basically. And we started talking as we're driving to this restaurant. And he started talking about Islam and why Islam was wrong and why they were misguided. And in my heart, I said, whoa, whoa, this guy. I didn't say it to him, but I started getting a bit offended. I said, easy, mate. I've just been in your church for five minutes and now you're talking bad about my religion. <laughs> so I prayed. I said, Allah... What this man is saying is really starting to affect me. But I feel like he's opening his heart and he's coming from the right place. So if what if this man is saying is true, you better show me a sign right now. You see, that's the difference I see between what I see now as Christians and this new guy, this Arab Christian, because I challenge God. I question. I'm like, oh, nah. I oh, let me show me then. Show me. But we don't do that enough, I don't think. Okay, we don't do that enough. And I said, you show me a sign right now and I'll be your best disciple. Now, many years later, when I did my first testimony, somebody said to me, why did you say disciple? And I've never even thought about it. I was like, I don't even know that I knew that word back then. So it mustn't have been me. It must have been the spirit. And no word of a lie. As soon as I finished praying, I looked up. We came up over a hill. I still remember it for the rest of my life. Three buildings, two Ks down the road. And on one of those buildings in massive white writing was Jesus. And I went like this. Oh, that doesn't count. <laughs> I rejected it straight away. Like Peter. I was just like, no, nah, what? No, nah, that doesn't count. I, how could that be? Like I literally just finished, then it was there. No, 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 that's a setup. He's got me this way. I was just thinking all these things. My mind is going, no, nah, he brought me this way on purpose. Okay, then we went and met with these guys that had all got clean off this drug, all through the name of Jesus. I met an African Muslim. I met a Buddhist guy, mate. I was like, man, how, like, you got Buddha. Like, how did you, what, just through Jesus? I met five other guys. And I said, that's fantastic, guys. I'm so proud of you. That's amazing. 
but I don't need Jesus to get off this drug. I'll find my own way. And I left. And we shook hands, hugged. We're still in touch today. And I went back. I told my cousin what had happened. And he was like blown away. So we sat at his house for the next three hours and watched YouTube clips of people converting to Islam. Because he was just so scared. He was just like, watch this, Sam. And I was like, wow. And I saw a Greek priest that had converted to Islam and was speaking in this beautiful Quranic Arabic, right? And I was like, wow. But I couldn't stop thinking about what had just happened. I came back to Adelaide, told my wife. She was like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. I told my other friend who was born again. And he, he said the same thing. Oh, the Spirit's coming for you, bro. <laughs> he goes, do you think everybody just cries at church? Because, you know, and I was like, yeah, I didn't think about that. So I kept praying to Allah, saying, oh, you need to show me some signs. This is crazy. This is too much. And he showed me some signs. I rejected. Show me some signs. I rejected until one day I walked into. Now, by the way, my kids were going to a Christian school at this time. Okay. <laughs> right. It's called Sunrise. It's at Paradise. Right. And they were going there. And uh, <coughs> we went to the Kurong bookshop. You all know the Kurong? Yeah, walked in the Kurong bookshop, I forgot my wallet, so I went back to my car, grabbed my wallet, came back in, looked for them, and I saw this book uh, on display on a table. There was about 40 copies of this book, and I must have stood in the door what felt like an hour, but it was probably a couple of minutes, till the man came up to me and said, are you okay, sir? I said, not really. He said, what's wrong? I said, what is the title of that book? And he looked at me weirdly, but then he read it out for me, and it was Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. So God was going, okay, if you're not going to listen, here you go then. And I couldn't, I was like, okay, that was directed for me. So I bought that book and that book changed my life. It was about a Muslim, way more Muslim than me, trying to disprove Christianity and ended up saying, oh my gosh, this is the truth, the way and the life and becoming a Christian. Now I knew the journey was going to be hard, but I knew his journey was way harder than mine because his family was way more Muslim in a way crazier place than I was. And if he could do it, then I could do it. The crazy thing was I literally finished that book and Tony Hong rang me and said, hey, we're doing a church plant in Woodville. Why don't you come down? And I said, Tony, I think I'm ready because I've just been reading this book. I went there. He said, did it again. I cried like a baby again in front of my kids this time, gave my life to God that day. Went home, took the kids home, everyone went to sleep and I went to the kitchen floor and I said, okay, Jesus, if you are who you say you are, then you need to take this from me now. And I don't want you to take it from me like I'm always living with it in my past. I want it to be gone like I was never an addict, like I never touched it. Okay, this is the thing, as an alcoholic or something like that, you're always living either drinking or not drinking. I didn't want to be either. And no word of a lot, I'm getting goosebumps all over me. The Lord took it from, I felt it removed from me. And I jumped in bed and my wife, I said, babe, I'm clean. And she said, yeah, yeah, because I've said that a hundred times. And I felt it. And every day I'd come home from work, she'd look at my face because she could just tell straight away. And she was like, oh. And I was walking in like this every day for about four months until she went, oh my gosh. This is actually, this is true. And I said, I told you. And then within the next month, this is the tests, right? We all get tested, yes? Because I thought, ah, oh, man, now Jesus, now everything's going to be great. That's not how it works, is it, church? No. So then the test came. I got hit by a car while I was riding my bike and I broke my uh, scaphoid, okay? That's the first one. Within a week, I lost my license, lost my car, 
right? Because I was doing the wrong thing. I was driving on, on an unregistered vehicle. I thought, oh, I'll just go there, do, do the job, and then come home. And I literally got, just before the place I was going, police, boom, pulled me over, took my car, took my license, lost my car, lost my license, lost my job. Within one week of getting hit on the, on the bike. And then, within a month after that, one of my best friends took his own life. Now, the old me would have gone back to the drug to feel good, because that's what you do. It's to escape. You know, you drink alcohol to escape. You know, oh, I'm going to wind down. It's an escape. It's like a Band-Aid. But the new me went to the Word. The new me went to the Bible. The new me went to the Lord and just gave it to Him. I said, Lord, here, take it from me. It's not in my strength, in yours. In my weakness, you are strong. And I just gave it to Him, mate. And He gave me this clarity and this peace like I've never felt before in my life. To the point where I was like convicted that I need to get baptized. And, I, you know, as a new Christian, they're like, okay, easy, mate. Just, you know, take your time. And I was like, no, I need to get baptized. Let's do this. So they said, look, how about you have a look at a baptism first and see if it's really what you want to do. Because this was only six months in, right? So I said, okay. And I went and looked at the first baptism. I was like, yep, definitely what I want to do. Let's do it. So they booked me in for the next one, which was in June, which was almost a year to the day that I had been saved, which was just crazy, right? Uh, it was almost a year to the day. And then <clears throat> a week before the baptism, I started getting cold feet. I started going, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Is this really what I'm meant to do? Is Jesus really real? Is it? And all these questions, right? The enemy's just planting these seeds, trying to make me doubt, because that's what he does, right? And I was like, oh, Lord, you need to give me a sign, and you need to give me a sign by Wednesday. <laughs> Now, I was very naive and young then to think that God would go, okay, no problem, Sam, Wednesday it is, right? <laughs> we know that the Lord has His timing, and we know that it's always what timing? Perfect timing, isn't it? And it really is, because Wednesday came and went, no sign. Now, if you know me, I'm not looking for like a little cross on the ground. I'm looking for something big like a billboard saying, Sam, get baptized. That's what I was looking for. And God knows your heart, right? So he gives you the signs that you need. And he knew that he needed to give me a big one. Wednesday came and went. I saw nothing. And I was like, great. So I let it go. I was like, I don't even know. It's Friday night, 5.30, driving home from work. I got another job. Driving home from work, 5.30, bumper to bumper traffic, coming up Paynham Road. Now you all know OG Road and Paynham Road. There's that slip lane that nobody ever knows how to use. Yeah, that one there. So I was coming through the lights. I saw somebody about to get stuck. I'm like, they don't know what they're doing. Flash, flash. I let them jump out in front of me. Two things caught my attention. Number one, it was a Holden Chimera. I know. How long has it been since you've seen one of those? Does anybody here have one of those? Okay, right. So it had been 20 years since my mate had one. And I was like, oh, Holden Chimera. Number two, Tasmanian number plates. I was like, wow, Tassie. You know, and then all these jokes started coming to my mind, right? <laughs> no, Montez. I'll tell you later, Montez. <coughs> and number three, plastered on the whole back window of this car was a verse. It was Mark 16, 16, I think. For he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. And I could not believe it. I was like, 
are you joking me? Are you joking me? I chased this guy, man. I was like taking photos of the back. I was like, BB, love you, man. Like it was, uh, what is the chance of that? Like, are you serious? I sent the picture to everyone. Everyone was like, oh, you love science. Yeah, I love science. That's a pretty good sign, don't you think? Okay. So Sunday came. I'll never forget. Sunday morning, two crazy things. Was the day before, the Saturday, was the anniversary of my grandmother's death. I didn't even realize. I was like, oh my gosh, my grandmother passed away today. You know, uh, six, seven years ago on this day. And the very next day, I was getting baptized. Right? So that was very big for me. And number two, on the Sunday morning, when I went to go to church, I got some messenger messages. Because I didn't go out and go, hey, everybody, I'm a Christian. I didn't do that. So there were people I hadn't spoken to in a while or only contact through social media, still Muslims, that sent me a message on Sunday morning. And you know what that message said? It said, happy Eid, brother. So the day that I was getting baptized was the Eid of Ramadan. And I could not see any other truth but conviction in what I was about to do. And that's how the Lord has a sense of humor too, right? So he, he made me avoid that first baptism because he knew already what he was going to do. You know, that chimera would not have been there in February. It was there in June. My grandmother didn't pass away in February. She passed away in June. And Aid was going to fall on the Sunday of June 25th in 2017, 16. So it's been three years Again, almost to the day. What's the date today? The 23rd. Almost three years to the day that I have been baptized. Yeah. Amazing, isn't it? Amen. And by the way, I'll just let you know, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't smoke weed. I don't touch any drug of any kind. And if you knew me from the past, you, like people are just blown away. Like they can't even believe it. Like, and it's not through me. It's not through my strength, it's through him. And any time that I'm challenged, which I am continuously, so right now it's an anger thing, you know, and I'm, I'm giving that to the Lord. I said, Lord, please. I used to get in road rage all the time. People up my ass too close, doing stupid things, I would get angry. Now I hand it to the Lord, and I'll just move aside and say, Jesus loves you. <laughs> and thank God he does. Okay? So thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope that placed something in your heart and uh, that we can spread the word of truth, hope, love and joy because that is what is found in Jesus. Amen. Thank you.